Hello and welcome to Father Luke's Homilies. This homily was preached in the Catholic parish of Brandon and Mildenhall for the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B. I pray that this homily is of some use to you. God bless you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs, giving them authority over the unclean spirits. And he instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no haversack, no coppers for their purses. They were to wear sandals, but he added, do not take a spare tunic. And he said to them, if you enter a house anywhere, stay there until you leave the district. And if any place does not welcome you and people refuse to listen to you, as you walk away, shake off the dust from under your feet as a sign to them. So they set off to preach repentance, and they cast out many devils and anointed many sick people with oil and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out. Now the twelve apostles were the first bishops of the church. After Pentecost, when the mission of the church began to gather pace, the apostles laid hands on other men who became their successors. And this practice of laying hands, passing on authority and sending out continued down throughout the ages and forms an unbroken spiritual chain to the bishops of today. The bishops, therefore, are the successors to the apostles and can trace their ministry through the apostles back to Christ himself. The bishop of East Anglia is then our local successor to the apostles. Our Catholic faith is apostolic. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church we profess in the creed. And it's about one of our local successors to the apostles that I want to reflect on today. Ten years ago today, Bishop Michael Evans, the third bishop of this diocese, died in the Norfolk and Norwich Hospital. I knew Bishop Michael well. He was the bishop who confirmed me. He was the bishop who accepted me for seminary and ordained me as priest. In January 2011, Bishop Michael wrote to the people of his diocese to tell them he would die soon. He was 59 years old. The news was not unexpected. Six years previously, he had been diagnosed with an aggressive form of prostate cancer. And he had taken the decision to be open and honest about what was happening to him. And for many years, it didn't really seem to make much of a difference to his ministry, except that he seemed to um, work even harder. Faith 
and uh, willpower, I think, seemed as important as his treatment in keeping him going. Now, the doctors gave him a matter of weeks to live. He wrote, As I live now under the shadow of death, my prayer is very much that of St. Paul, so I may know something of the power of Christ's resurrection and a share in his sufferings, trusting that the Lord is with me. I pray that even now I can joyfully witness something of the good news we are called to proclaim. He thanked the people of the diocese for the enormous amount of love and support he had received and asked them simply to pray for him as the best thing they could do. Now, to everyone's surprise, not least his own, he lived for another six months. He was an extraordinary man. As with all bishops, you didn't necessarily agree with every decision he made, but you never doubted his goodness. Towards the end of his life, his ministry took on this new dimension, a life all of its own. People hung on his words of teaching, felt caught up in his journey. Something about what he was going through spoke to people on a new spiritual level. In July 2011, thousands packed St. John the Baptist Cathedral in Norwich for Bishop Michael's funeral mass. People came from all corners of the diocese, indeed from all corners of the globe, to pray, to remember, and to pay their respects to this little quaint bishop of East Anglia. For those of you who didn't know him, he was about that big. Had big spectacles. They called him Harry Potter when he was ordained. Bishop Michael lived for the gospel. He was a quiet, humble man of small stature who seemed genuinely the most surprised of all when he was asked to become bishop. He had a brilliant theological mind. He taught at seminary, wrote books, but his favourite role above all was um, being parish priest in St. Augustine's uh, Tunbridge Wells, a thriving parish, incidentally one where I later worked as a youth worker. He loved people and had a particular gift for working with young people, um, heading up an annual youth pilgrimage to the ecumenical community of Teze. Above all, Bishop Michael witnessed the joy and the simplicity of the gospel, and he wanted to communicate that message with his whole life. Now, his cancer diagnosis, far from preventing his mission and ministry, actually intensified his ministry as a priest and as a bishop. And this is because he was thrust into a position where he had to rely completely on the grace of God working in him. Faced with his own mortality and failing strength, he handed himself over to God, united himself to God on the cross, and through the tragedy of cancer, allowed the power and grace of God to shine out. His Living under the shadow of death forced a decision in him. It was a crisis point. He could get filled with self-pity and cling to the things of this world, or he could accept whatever was happening and cling to God. And he clung to God. And God worked powerfully in his life. What he did was what every bishop, indeed every Christian, is called to do. 
rely completely on God's grace. And this reiterates very much last week's theme about God's grace being enough. In today's gospel, Jesus sends out his first bishops, telling them not to take any extra luggage. In one sense, it might seem a little foolhardy in sending out his disciples in such a a vulnerable state. But Jesus was teaching them not to be over-reliant on their own human resources. They are to rely on the Lord to provide for them. The value of self-reliance, self-help is strong today. We have been taught to leave nothing to chance, to be prepared. We must plan for every eventuality. Yet when it comes to the work of the Lord, we must allow room for the Lord himself to work. Sometimes we can be so absorbed in the work of the Lord that we can sideline the Lord of the work. If we excessively provide for ourselves, we can forget that the Lord is the ultimate provider. And it is when we have little that we discover we, in fact, have much. Bishop Michael modelled this throughout his life, but most vividly through his diagnosis and death. His example is the example of the gospel, to trust in God and not to become so attached to the passing things of this world that prevents us living fully for him. The Lord is always, always inviting us to step out of the boat, trusting that he will not let us sink. St. Paul reminded us last week, the Lord's power is made perfect in weakness. Bishop Michael's life, indeed the gospel, challenges us today to cling to the things of God, to prioritise the things that matter, and knowing our need, our poverty before God, trust in his goodness for all our needs. Amen. Thank you for listening to my homily podcast. For more information about the Catholic Parish of Brandon and Mildenhall, please go to our website, which is stthomas-stjohnparish.com. That's stthomas-stjohnparish.com. If you want to read more articles and stories and theological reflections, please check out my blog at fatherlukegoymore.com. That's fatherlukegoymore.com. Feel free also to follow me on Twitter at Father Luke G and Instagram at Father Luke Goymore. Stay safe and God bless you.